Out of Bounds. Triple M. Craney, I gave you the task. We needed to go to the head honcho at some point during the season. I thought we're getting to the finals. We haven't had the great man on yet for the Southwest Football League. Where's he been? And you finally, well, I mean, we, we haven't really tried that often because we've been so busy with other things, but I wanted you to get him on as we got to the finals. No, he talks to us regularly he and does. we keep in touch, but also give a little challenge to you. I think this intro needs a little bit of something. You need something? I need a little bit of a fanfare. Shall I say his name first? Or no, 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 no. Let the fanfare do it first. Let's Everyone, go. Stand to attention yes we are both saluting Barry Tate the president of the Southwest Football League good afternoon how you going Dan Leachy, uh, Leachy and uh, Craney good to hear from you how, how was you that intro that? mate <laughs> I think you overdone that one but anyway <laughs> that's what we do on this show we overdo things a we lot even, we even saluted I know you couldn't see it but uh, we, we were stand to attention we actually <laughs> did and that is a, a very rare thing uh, Barry 2019 overall view have we seen the season so far look uh, the season's coming up down to well down to the wire I, mm. I think there's no you can't get the engraver out yet in the in the league, so I think it's going to be a close round to the uh, to the end of the grand final. So we're pretty excited. Obviously, our gates haven't been as as they probably should be, uh, but I can probably reflect on our probably our fix, doing our fixtures a little bit incorrect this year. So, but we'll get better next year on on that one. Actually, I'll get on to that. I had another question in front of that, but seeing you brought up those fixtures, I think we all agree they weren't. Um, conducive to the crowds. What else can we do to bring people back to local footy? Uh, look, I think obviously with with the uh, instead of having too many twilight games in the latter part of the season, uh, you know, heap them up at the start if that's when you're going while the while the weather's on our side. Mm-hmm. But after that, I think we just stick to the to the day games and then and obviously make sure we don't uh, conflict with the. Uh, the AFL too much. Yeah, no, without, I mean, without the fixturing, let's put the fixturing aside, what other plans do we have to bring people back to the footy? Oh, well, that's that's something we, we, we'll discuss further, you know, into next year, or obviously later, later this year, but um, oh, there's, there's a lot of things we, well, if we can just get, the, you know, obviously maybe, it's, it's hard to juggle, you know, how to get, People at the game, you know, like obviously you know, the reflection of obviously the other uh, interests that people have. Um, it just to get people to the game is, is becoming a little bit harder as as each season goes on. So to give a clear answer straight away would would be, you know, it's hard to yeah, you know, it's hard to pinpoint at this stage. But we'll have ideas and we'll, we'll exercise those. And um, but you know, at this stage, it's, it will be done as a collective group uh, to move forward for next year. The good thing is, the thing is, the clubs are getting inventive with the way of you know bringing Absolutely. bringing fans in, which is a good thing to see, and that can only improve as we go along. In terms of the Colts and reserves, um, you know, we have seen some discrepancies and sort of gulfs between the really good and the and the not so good so far this season. How how do we go about trying to solve that issue? Because I know it's not an easy thing to do, but how do we go about trying to start to solve that? Well, we, we obviously we we brought a rule in midway for the year or early in the year. Obviously, when there were some blowouts, obviously you know we've got the even up rule. Obviously, that's just one part of it. But obviously, lending players, I know it probably doesn't sit well with clubs or or, or, or but I know that even last week, I know it was probably a dead rubber in some ways. But HBL lent players and they and they lent the best players to to Kerry Park, and those kids had no issue going over there and playing, and they, and they play good football. So. 
just little things like that. Uh, obviously, again, you know, it's about the population, and, and obviously we're trying to accommodate. With, with, uh, sorry, um, Donnybrook a lot. Uh, they've just got a lot of young young groups down there, as in young players. So it's hard for them to line up each week and, and get get uh, belted a bit. And, and um, but there's obviously a lot of a lot of clubs are bringing the Colts up into their league as well, which is is nothing nothing uh, uh, nothing new. But it's just uh, if they can control their you know the way they manage their players, obviously hopefully those clubs will have good. Um, Good numbers, and, and 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 you look at what Harvey Bulls are doing, and they've done exactly what I've just said. They've mm. tried to keep players back down into the uh, Colts, and they, they were not far off the off the mark trying to get into finals this year, which is probably the first time as close as they've ever got. Last year we spoke at this time, and you you said the Southwest Footy League were going to in, implement some new ideas into 2019. What have been a few of those ideas, and how they're progressing? Oh well, look, we we the, the women's uh, is is Increased to well, we'll increase. Well, it's it stated obviously at eight teams. We'll obviously increase it next year. Uh, hopefully, with Donnybrook uh, looking very keen. Um, you know, like it hasn't been a lot of things changed. Like obviously, you know, we we probably have to look at where we play the the females uh, next year. I know that's something we will consider uh, to probably obviously get more people to the games. But um, you know, like again, it's just just a just the managing of the uh, the times and the, in the twilights and the, and the Sundays and the percentage of uh, Saturday games we have and obviously look at where the uh, where we look after the juniors more because obviously we're umpiring and things like that. So look, nothing's probably not so nothing's changed, but it, it's probably obviously um, ideas that we haven't. You know, it, it, how do you juggle to make sure that you have a you know more of an exciting uh, competition, you know, the games are on, and, and we rely on the clubs to uh, obviously bring that, and we can only manage what what clubs are are doing each week, and 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 put it together like that. So you mentioned the development of the women's competition, and there's no doubt that we're seeing more and more development going through, and it's absolutely fantastic to see. I'm a big fan of the fact that uh, the Women's Grand Final, um, don't know if it's been absolutely ratified, but I know on the website it says that it's going to be a 3.45 start prelim final day. It'll be the last game on prelim final day, which means it's the first of the grand finals. It rolls into three grand finals the week after. I think it's a good move to to give it its own sort of breathing space. The, the, the premiership side can, you know, go and celebrate, not have to worry about the men's league team coming on straight afterwards. Um, when did that decision get made? That was probably uh, three weeks ago. We made that decision, uh, took in consideration, obviously, uh, previous years that when the women uh, grand final was completed on the prelim day, they haven't got time to celebrate as normal as as a as a, as a when the men uh, celebrate. So mm. we thought we'd flip it over on the other side and 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 let them have the uh, the glory of doing what they want to do. With a bit more time frame to um, to you know, get you know, with their with their fans or run around the oval or whatever mm. they need to do, um, and yeah, that was one one idea we've just brought up in the last three weeks. So if the if the comp does eventually, obviously going to nine teams, fingers crossed next season, eventually possibly go to ten, is it possible that you could fit all four grand finals on the one day, or do you have to look at possibly playing the women's grand final the week before, or maybe um, on a different scheduled day? Well, basically, 
the the women like it on their day. If yep. we had obviously moved on the same day, which which is always a consideration, we'll we'll consult a lot of people before we make that move. But it would be uh, it has to be a twilight grand final for yeah. for the men. Yep, that'd be a tough ask to fit that many grand finals into one day. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know, you the... that's part of the fun of fixturing, is always, <laughs> isn't it? But anyway, now, mate, yeah. I know you're going to love me for this one. Oh God, here we go. But it's um, Dan and myself have looked again. The mission prices have been put out. I take these stuff. And this $2 for a car still sits in there. Can you explain it to us? Is $15 not enough for families to go and watch the footy? Because, I mean, there's no train lines that run to the Oval, so you've got to get in your car. I just don't understand the $2 a car. Oh, well, it's just been, and I, and I probably said this last year, that it was a, it's a standard uh, item that's been with the league for, well, for, for for over a decade, so we've we've just maintained that. Uh, we haven't hasn't even been raised by anyone, so we've just we just left the, the same figure in there. So, um, but with it, it with it being there for a decade, it wouldn't be hard to change, would it? You would just oh, go. Look, we're not yeah, charging that. I just, you know, it's there's tough times out there, and I think that um, fifteen dollars. I don't know what what does the two dollars cover. Well, it's just the access with the cars in, in the, obviously in the ground. So that's grand final. Well, that's that's the that's the final. Oh, that's season, just so. grand final day, is it? Two dollars yeah, a car. Pretty well. So it's not the other finals. Um, I don't look. You probably got me on the on the hop here because we haven't really discussed the the uh, the two dollars. It's never been raised. Uh, you know, to make sure if it's going to be. Uh, well, people's never never come back to us said, "Look, the two dollars is in or out." We've just kept it in as, as per every year we've done. So I know, it, it mightn't come back to you, but I reckon every second person says to me, why are they doing that? So if that's the, if that's the point, who does it have to come through in order for that to be raised? Is it a delegates thing? Uh, where does it yeah. have to come through from? It's the delegates? Well, it, it, it obviously come through the clubs and then come through yeah. to, from the delegate system to us, and it's never been raised this year. Yeah. So unless it gets raised, we don't consider it. Yeah. Um, because we presume everyone's happy. All right, you're going to talk to Definitely. delegates then, Craney. Okay, shut up for a minute. Yep, that's right. Um, <laughs> last one. Let's talk about, um, you know, your highlights personally from 2019. Colts, the Colts, uh, the Colts team at uh, the Landmark Country Footy Championships. Again, great success from them. Again, the women's competition's going well. Where, where do you see your personal highlights of 2019? Oh, look, I don't put anything on highlights to me personally, myself. I... We obviously we we managed you know like great to go away to landmark. We took three sides, won two of them. It was fantastic mm-hmm. from the from the inaugural females to win the uh, landmark competition and, and and they won it convincingly. And that's you know, you can we can see where our stands are. Um, obviously the Colts have maintained, you know they've won sixteen landmarks now, so that's that's pretty that's pretty incredible. And obviously with Dave Lewis at the at the helm. Was uh, you know he's very professional what he does and 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 obviously the whole crew that goes to Mandra, obviously with the league we we just weren't good enough so um, you know this, this is something we've got to look at there and and we've uh, you know obviously our costs for landmark we we've we've done a, a full review on that and we we can get our landmark cost down a, 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 a lot so we're going to be uh, that that will be uh, decreased for next year if we, when when we go away so. Um, overall, look, happy with the season at stage and obviously I'm looking forward to the uh, finals to uh, boost up and, and, and bring it right home for for their throw league. Onwards and um, upwards. One last one for me. Oh, righto. Um, who are you tipping, mate? Who's oh. your tip to <laughs> make it through the grand final day and who do you think will win it? Cheeky. Uh, look, I, I... Well, he watches I, a lot of footy, I so... Know. 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of footy. Look, obviously HBL are obviously you know, undefeated. They they look look the goods at this stage, um, but nothing's uh, a given. Eaton Boomers, uh, sorry, yeah, Eaton Boomers the other week playing them. They look very good against them at home at a Glen Hewen lost by one point, up by nine points in the uh, at three quarter time. Margaret River would never write them off. Obviously having having a bad couple of games against uh, Kerry Park and um, uh, sorry and Bustleton. Mm. But it wouldn't like to write them off. Obviously, the display they gave against uh, Bunbury on the weekend. So, and Bunbury, you know, they'll, they'll come together. They won't play two bad ones in a row. And I'm sure Jamie Yarney will make sure of that. So, I, look, I'm probably sitting on the fence. You've answered that very no, much like a politician, that, there. That's exactly <laughs> what I was. Position on that one. I was really <laughs> hoping you do that because so I. I don't want Craney getting you all of a sudden in the dramas. So that's a good thing. Hey, Barry, we really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat to us. Of course, uh, the season coming to an end over the next four weeks, so the finals are going to be absolutely sensational. Uh, best of luck with how it goes over the next few weeks, and I'm sure we'll see you at the footy over the finals. Yeah, thanks very much to you guys. Out of Bounds. Triple M. We have both league finals, the elimination final and the qualifying final for you live tomorrow and Sunday from 2 p.m. here on Triple M. There goes my golf game. Sorry about that. You <laughs> did a golf game on Sunday. Yeah, morning, I suppose. Yeah, in yeah. the morning. Uh, this, if this weather cleans up a little bit. Oh, like that's stuffed you before. Yeah, it does. Actually, that's stuffed you before. <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. Let's start with the elimination final. Augusta Margaret River, they earned the right to host against Donnybrook with that big win last week against Bunbury. They're the sort of side that has been a little bit hard to pinpoint because uh, I think we've mentioned this a couple of times. They're really good, can be fantastic, like we saw last week, but they're not so good, can be really, really poor. I feel like, though, against Donnybrook, they've had a hard couple of weeks. We saw them against Eaton a couple of weeks ago. Last week had a tough game against Collie. Augusta Margaret River almost in the box seat for this one. You you could say the same about both sides. Both sides um, have been up and down all throughout the year. But um, at the very minute, Margaret River are in the better form than what Donnybrook are. Uh, Margaret River get a couple back. I would think that Kerry may play in that game, which yep. he's a big forward to take a bit of a. And Donnybrook will get some back the same. So Donnybrook got a pretty good record against Muggs yeah. um, so far this year, and they match up pretty well. So it'll be a tough contest down at um, Gloucester Park. I just feel, in terms of um, you know bodies uh, being fit, feel like Donnybrook are probably struggling a little bit at the moment. I hope that's not the case for their sake. I hope that there's they've got 22 that go out there and are really, really on song. But, I mean, the forward line, the way that that worked, and obviously the midfield as well, Braden Smith's been outstanding for Augusta Margaret this season. And Harry Taylor, I know we talked about him about three you, or four you weeks ago. You give him a bit of a serve. You so say he's, that. That he's is been not pretty true. Good. I wish I had the audio to back up and just say, I'd just like to see him do a bit better in this second half. And he did. But He, he caught was, up with me and said, gee, Leachy give me a bit of a touch-up. And, and why is he giving me a touch-up? He doesn't know how to play football that well. What are you talking about? But Harry Taylor, very good last week. But again, that midfield just seemed to work really well. And of course, the, the highlight of that is going to be the one, the only Mitch Lynn. If he fires, that side fires. And Mitch Payne as well. The two Mitches, very, very Mitch important. Mitch Payne, is, yeah. um, he's uh, key to Margaret River. But Donnybrook need to find somewhere to kick goals. They're travelling inside 50 enough, mm. but they just haven't got that goal-carrying kicking capacity as yet. Now, we said that last year, and they went on to win a grand final, and they kicked quite a, a regular 
a lot of goals. Mm. But this year they're just struggling to find that goal kicking. One thing I do know about Burjo and the Donnybrook Football Club, they will throw everything but the kitchen sink yeah. at this game, and so will Mark. So I'm looking forward to a real intense physical contest. Yep, indeed. And by the way, the other two Mitches at Augusta Margaret River are going to have a crack at me, Mitch Fairclough and also Mitch Gerrans for not me including them in the two Mitches. But anyway, that's a different story. Uh, the qual- well, we've got nicknames, isn't it? I know, get- exactly. It's very handy. The qualifying final. This is going to be fun at Glen Hewen Reserve. We could be in for a bit of a shootout. Eaton Boomers, Bunbury, 2.30 start on Sunday. What's your thoughts? Eaton have been very, very good throughout. Consistently good. Um, they're Good football, which they don't play consistent enough for mine, but still when they get it, they can put five or six goals on the board mm. within within minutes. And as we said before, you look at the scoreboard and all of a sudden they've kicked five extra. Uh, Bunbury, well, they got a kick in the tail last week. Let's, Ooh, let's yeah. be honest. You could say they had nothing to play for, but they still got comprehensively beaten. So they got a bit of a way back, but they've still got enough class there to do that with Martin and Peak up forward with um, Burroughclough. Yep. You know, there's, there's enough there and Gribble and Blake running around through the middle. So my question to you is, with Peak and Martin both in the same side, is Peak best being in the forward line if Martin's there? Because I feel like it didn't work last week against Augusta Marco River. That may, may be a matchup thing. I'm not too sure. But is it worth maybe putting Peak in a sort of a running role instead of... Well, I think Nani a... had that happen and he had a three-way yeah. change on the outer wing. Yeah, okay. And Peak was involved in that. Right. So I think he brings him up. I think Peak's one of those players who's good enough and been around long enough to know you put him in the forward line, just yep. say to him, hey, mate, if you need to be back, you skittle down on there. There's, yeah. there's some players that don't that can coach, that can read a game, so he's clever enough to know he needs to go down and push back. So yep. regardless of his starting point... I think he he's um he's going to cover a lot of ground. All right. So both games, 2.30. Uh, the elimination final Saturday. We're live from 2 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. And then live 2 p.m. Sunday, Eaton Boomers and Bunbury. Both games you'll hear live here on Triple M. We cannot wait. It is going to be a big, big pumped, next Daniel, few. I'm pumped. No, I'm pumped. The local word on sport. Out of bounds. Triple M. We are going to move our focus now to the lower southwest. Uh, their second semi-final on the way this weekend, Mr. Crane. Just moving my focus. Did you see you. that, Daniel? It's very nice. I look swift. We, a bit of a pleasure to have this fella on too, because he's the captain of the Bridgetown Football Club. Flying well. Who they have done very well in the home and away season. And we welcome you, Mitchell. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yourself? Very good. And thank you very much for taking the time uh, to have a chat to us before this big game on Sunday. A pretty darn good season. There's no doubt about that. And, of course, off the back of a pretty good season last year as well. Um, what's been the improvement in 2019? Uh, probably just returning locals, I think. Um, we've got probably five or six ex-locals that have been playing elsewhere or living elsewhere that have moved back. And just a lot of our local boys, you know, they're a bit older. They're, you know, they're not boys playing against men. They're, they're men themselves now. So probably just the locals. The standard of our locals has improved a lot. And what about yourself? You had a bit of time travelling, I think, last year. Good mm. to be back? Uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, it's good to be playing with my mates. Um, yeah, it's, you know, Bridgetown's my home, so it's good to get back and play a bit of footy for them. Where did travel take you in 2018? Um, so I lived in New Zealand for most of last year. Actually, uh, played hockey over there, um, and then 
Yeah, I was in Canada and Colombia for a little while. Jeez. They tell me there's a football league in New Zealand. Uh, Clayton Hicks plays it. So Is that right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, That's you just know. off the planet. Thank, thank you for that. I'm sure we'll get some news and info <laughs> from there next year. Um, oh, okay. We're back to Yeah, you, you. can ask questions now. Sorry, now, mate, I've taken up your side. Bridgetown have had a fantastic home and away season. When you first got together at pre-season and started, did you think it would all gel together as well as it did, as quickly as it did? Oh, it's, it's always hard to tell. Um, obviously, every year is different depending on what the other teams shape up like. But, yeah, definitely there was a good feeling at the start of the year. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that have been together for a long time. But then, yeah, just the sort of top up of these extra local players really, um, yeah, started made the start of the season feel pretty good. Now, you finished four games ahead in the home and away season, but it's sort of um, that's done and dusted. What's been the message that Ray Masters, your coaches, delivered to the boys moving into the second semi final? Oh, just, just that finals is a different ball game. Um, you know, there's a lot more, um, the intensity obviously goes up, and it's like it's just going to be hot in the kitchen, I suppose, is the best way to put it, and just, just get ready for it. Is that one of Ray's um, words, um, sayings, is it? Hot in the kitchen? Has he got a few of those nah, metaphors? Uh, no, nah, not really. Um, he's pretty good with his words. Um, he, he's got a few, but I can't, yeah, I wouldn't be able to remember any off the top of my head. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they weren't good for radio. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, nah, he's, nah, he's pretty good with his words. Um, yeah. Now, the finals played in Cogenup. And you played there the last game of the year. Did you learn anything about the coaching up oval, or is there any difference about playing up there than then to say the Bridgetown? Uh, not, not particularly. I think uh, I could be completely wrong, but the dimensions sort of feel roughly the same. But I suppose the big difference is just going to be the weather and how the oval holds up. And how's the so, oval looking when you last played? Is it pretty well still grassed? It's pretty good actually. Koji, Koji's probably one of the best ovals in the league. Um, but like I say, it's going, to, it's going to piss down the next three or four days, so we could get out there and it'd just be a mud mud pit. I tell you, uh, what, you, you, you should be the weatherman on. on yeah, I'd imagine if, if all of a sudden Sean and Willis with that sort of terminology, that that'd make the ratings really go up at GWN Seven. I'd have thought, Hugh, it's you know, there's been a lot of lean periods, obviously, for the Bridgetown Football Club the last few seasons or so. Um, the last premiership for them, not back since two thousand and three, making a couple of uh, grand finals before that, but obviously been quite lean. Last couple of years, we started to see a lot of successes. There'd be much talk about the fact that. It, you know, there hasn't been any premiership success of late? Well, uh, obviously, there's a bit. Um, it's, like, obviously, not coming internally. No, there's some pretty, there's some, obviously some pretty proud people at the mm. club. So, yeah, it's obviously a, a bit of a focus for us to be successful on the field. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is spoken about a bit um, in a positive way. Especially getting the uh, home grand final. No, that would absolutely. be an outstanding day for the Bridgetown Footy Club. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean to win at home would be uh, would be pretty cool, but like obviously there's a couple of games to get to before we can even really worry about mm. that. So that's right, and one of those is this weekend. Now the last two times you've played in Imperials, uh, I think you pipped them by a couple of points in one, and then they got you by twenty one. So there's not much too much between the two sides. No, they seem to match up quite well against us. And playing, I think we've played them twice at home because the first the first game of the year they. Uh, I think we won by 40 points, but mm. for most of the game, it was pretty close too. They they play really well at Imps. Um, so, yeah, they just seem to match up well against us. 
You must be pretty excited when you grab the footy and have a look at Jordan Jupp, Rodney Jetter and Brett Wilson, all pretty um, potent forward men. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, pretty dynamic um, forward line, isn't it? That was the word I was looking for, actually. Dynamic. Which word? Dynamic. dynamic. Oh, I thought, okay. Yeah. You went with potent. That wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah, but that's right. okay. We'll get you a new thesaurus for Christmas. Um, in, in terms of sort of the youngsters that have come through, who's really impressed you this season? Well, uh, there's, there's a few, I suppose. Um, Tim Davies, he's, I think he, I was away, but I think he won the Colts Ferris and Best last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a really good young player. Um, probably it's more the next age up, sort of like Reese Waters, like, you know, the early 20s sort of guys that have just taken the next step in their game. Um, they're, they're not young players anymore. They're, you know, genuine league players. And that's that's where it's probably come from, I reckon. And you mentioned that before. That is the key to it, isn't it? Getting those 30 or 40 games into those players because all of a sudden you, it takes a while to get settled into a league side, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's right. Now... What areas do you see as imperial strengths, and what do you guys need to do to come away with the chocolates? Uh, their speed out of defence, they rebound very well, and and they just as a whole team defence. Um, so really, uh, delivery into the forward line needs to be um, better than what it was. Definitely the last two times we played in, they've, they've killed us on the rebound, and obviously it's going to be wet, so mm. contested footy is probably the biggest one. There should be plenty of that. I think there's going to be a lot of that happening uh, on yeah. Sunday, as you say, and it's going to be a real hot contest. We can't uh, wait to uh, see what happens. The game in Cogent up 2pm start for the league's second semi-final. Bridgetown and Imperials, Lower South Footy League fans, get yourself out there. It's going to be a cracking afternoon in Koji. Hugh, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat to us. We wish you the best of luck for this weekend, and if you win, we will see you on grand final day. No worries, boys. Take it easy. Out of Bounds, Triple M. Of course, we are gearing up for the local footy finals to continue on. We mentioned the Southwest Footy League, of course, kicking off this weekend. But uh, this weekend coming up, it is second semi-final time in the Lower Southwest Football League. And last weekend, first semi-final, the man that we're about to talk to, oh, he was on the edge of his seat, Craney. Oh, no doubt. He was just about out there getting a kick, I reckon. What a beauty. (laughs) What a great final. Nigel Reeve, the great man from Dean Mill. Very good afternoon. Good afternoon, boys. How are we going? Good. Have you recovered from last <laughs> yeah. Sunday? More importantly, are you faring? Oh, yeah, nah, I'm fine. It was just a great game of footy, yeah. and as we spoke off here, each game from the Colts uh, was a good game of footy. Reserves got better, and the league just finished the whole day off. So, yeah, it was just a, a really good day for footy, and, and all grades produce the goods. Well, let's quickly touch on the, the Colts and the reserves. Uh, Bridgetown uh, ended up sort of, you know, kicking away, especially after half time. They won that one relatively convincingly uh, against Dean Mill. And then, as you said, the reserves game, really good contest. Uh, in the end, Imperials kicking away and winning that by 30 points, but it was really tied up to three quarter time. Yeah, and the Col- uh, Dean Mill Colts have been up against it all year, but they never gave up trying. So, in that department, they. Uh, they gave it their best effort, but Bridgetown have got some big guys in there too. So, mm. yeah, it was a good game of footy. And in the reserves, well, Sutherland's got out to 20 points about halfway through the third quarter, and then Imperials kicked the last five or six goals yeah. of the game, courtesy of Chris and Davron Franklin and, and Mitch Daub. And, uh, yeah, they end up winning the game by about five goals. We talked about it last week. It's a mighty good list that the Imperials reserve side has. As you said, Chris Franklin, Davron Flank- Franklin, uh, of course, uh, Clint Zabasno in there as well, Bonatisi, great names in there. Yeah, and you've got Braden Timms and his brother yeah. as well. Braden won the medal last year for the reserves comp in the, in the league. So, 
He's a big lad, but he, he moves across the ground, and when he gets it, he, he doesn't uh, disappoint. He, he doesn't waste the disposal. So, no, they've got some really good names in there, Mitch Daub and uh, Billy Dobbin. Yep. Not Dave Dobbin. Billy <laughs> Dobbin is another player for yeah, Imperials, a uh, little nuggety player, but he's, he, he's a good player. So, yeah, no, it's a pretty strong list they've got. Uh, in terms of the league game, as you said, it was a really, really tight contest pretty much the whole way. Um, hardly a kick in it pretty much the entire way the game went. Dean Mill getting the win uh, right towards the end of the contest. Really tight the whole way, yeah? Oh, it was. And the Southerners jumped out of the blocks. I think they might have had the first three or four goals on the board. And then Dean were in front at quarter time. And it pretty much stayed a goal or a couple of points either way right throughout the whole game. And it was looking like uh, last year's grand final, yeah. uh, if I dare bring that up no, as a female person, that it, it had that written all over it as far as the end of the game and who was going to end up with the footy. But uh, the last quarter, both teams were dead even for 15 minutes of the last quarter. And there was just a, uh, a free kick paid about 30, 40 metres out from goal that got the only goal for the quarter, which was the winning goal of the game. Gee, that umpire would have been popular on one no. side and not the other. Uh, Dave Fall, five goals. Yeah, well, his last three weeks have been outstanding. He kicked uh, two bags of six and a five, and uh, Jackson East kicked three, so they're our main goal kickers at the moment. So we probably need to find more as the finals go on. But, yeah, the veteran's turning back the clock, and, uh, yeah, yeah, leading from the front as a coach of the league team. He does, doesn't he? He leads by example. He sets a great example. Absolutely. But um, Southerners, they've had a terrific year, haven't they? Yeah. And um, those are games a little bit of luck goes your way as well, and from all reports, they were very good. They were very good, and uh, there was a little bit of luck at the end as far as D-Mill goes. But, uh, look, they it was one of those games that if you talk to the older players uh, that played in yesteryear, I, myself and uh, a few other guys, it was just a D-Mill Southerners final from 20 years ago. You know, it just had everything. 10 or 12 goals would win it, and a uh, tough game. But, yeah, look, they played well. They just uh, didn't end up winning the game. How was the crowd? Did you get a good turnout? Yeah, it wasn't bad. The oval was in top shape, a little bit soft underfoot, but uh, as far as all the rain we've had, it was in really good nick and a uh, really nice day for footy and, uh, yeah, just an uh, outstanding game of footy, really. Well, more of that rain to come, of course, across the weekend, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, coaching up uh, ends up faring in terms of the ground. Uh, we kick it off 10 a.m. Sunday, Imperials and Tigers. These are all the second semifinals of the top two sides taking on each other this weekend. How are we seeing this game going? Oh, the Imperials have been the outstanding Colts team of the competition for the last couple of years, and, and especially this year. So Tigers have run them. Uh, Bridgetown were unlucky to miss out on, on second spot, but they got themselves through on the weekend, so they're still in the in the hunt as uh, far as uh, Premiership goes. But I would think on strength and what's happened over the course of the year, the Imperials will get over the line here. And what about the next one? Uh, yeah, this is going to be a tough game. Uh, both sides have got a, a lot of league players that have finished their league career and have dropped back and are still playing uh, reserves footy and still playing really well. So guys like Clint Best and uh, Daniel Humby and these sort of guys for Bridgetown are just uh, week in, week out in their top four or five players. And for D-Mill, Victor Marcotis, who's, who's won the Association Medal the last couple of years, and Craig Stanley Smith and John McGinty. These guys are well into their 30s, but they're still playing outstanding footy. So it should be a really good game of footy. It's great to see they're still sticking around, though, isn't it? Well, I think you have to, uh, Crony, because it's just a numbers game, isn't it? And uh, these guys can still play good footy in the reserves and it just helps the club out. They enjoy it and we enjoy having them out there. But I think every club's the same. If you roll up about 10 to 12, there might be a fair chance you might be running out with the reserves team. Uh, To the league game. Let's talk about this one. This is huge. First and second. 
Bridgetown Imperials. This is going to be pretty fun, I would have thought, because Imperials have really put on a good show against Bridgetown. Yeah, and, and they're sort of uh, travelling along the same path as they did last year. They uh, started to just get closer and closer, and uh, they got within a point there probably three or four weeks ago and then beat Bridgetown in the second-last game of the season. So they're tracking along nicely. They're well coached by Clint Sebasnow, who we've spoken about. But, uh, yeah, and Bridgetown have just got a, a, an array of stars in their side with Jupp and, and Jetta down forward, and then Hugh Mitchell, who's been in outstanding form in the middle of the ground, and... I haven't seen Craig Wolf play down here, but I have seen a lot of him play on telly, so I'm sure he'll be a good acquisition as well. You've got Brett Wilson as well, who won the medal a couple of years ago, so they've got some stars in that side. Yeah. And do you reckon um, Imperials know how to win big games of footy? They've been in finals, they're hard in finals contender. Do you reckon that'll have any impact with the, the younger sort of, not the younger Bridgetown guys, but they haven't had that same um, experience? experience? Mm. Um, yeah, I think so. Like uh, a lot of the guys will be around the same age. The only difference that Imperials have got is they some of those they've got some of those guys have got a flag under their belt, so yeah. uh, they they know what it's all about. And, and Bridgetown, as far as uh, what they did during the season, has been outstanding. But some of those guys haven't, so it does make a difference. I reckon come this time of year, but it'd be interesting to see how Bridgetown perform under finals pressure. So uh, look, I, I wouldn't. Same as the other week. I wouldn't be surprised if Vince won, but I think on form and what Bridgetown have done during the season, I'll be picking them. Right, you're going Bridgetown, Craney? Yes, no, we're going to get dick with the Bridgetown boys. Out at Cogent up. I'm going to be strange and go Imperials. <laughs> well, a nice, tough game from a D Mill point of view would be yeah. uh, well appreciated. I'm sure you'd love that. Absolutely <laughs> right. Well, that's the beauty of this game because uh, that's a 50 50 contest. Well, as it? I said, the way it's been so close so far this season between the two, I'm really looking forward to it. Imperials have really finished the season strong, so would not be surprised. Um, I thought we'd spend the next couple of minutes talking about the other sides that haven't made it to uh, the final three uh, weeks of football. And let's start from the bottom of the ladder in the league. And let's talk about uh, the boy up Brooks side. Obviously, it's been a tough struggle. It's you know all about trying to to build the side and build numbers. I'd say at the club, I'd say that's probably their big thing. Yeah, no, look, it is a tough year. You can't deny that fact. But they've got some really good people there to keep their club going. And I don't think they've not been in this position over the course of the journey as far as their club goes. So I'm sure they'll rebound. They, they probably need to to top up with three or four players from outside the town. I mean, they wouldn't have them sort of players in town and uh, just see how they go. But, yeah, tough year. But, look, they fought the, the season out well and uh, I'm sure they'll they'll start the rebuild probably from now and, and see what players are out there and, um, and uh, yeah, start again in 2020. I spoke to a few people behind the scenes at the Boy Up Footy Club mm-hmm. and uh, they're very passionate about that. They know how important uh, a football club is to their mm-hmm. community. So... You know, you got to take your hat off to them, yep. and yeah, they just need a few more, don't they? Yeah, they do, and and uh, that passion is in in most clubs, but and, you know, especially out at Port, they just don't want to see that club just disappear. So uh, they've been hanging on for a while. They've had limited success over, you know, since they've been in the league. But uh, look, those people over there, they'll keep it going, and uh, they'll rebound in 2020. In terms of coaching up, we've seen some good signs from them uh, throughout the season. They haven't been absolutely embarrassed at times, which is uh, which is good to see. There's, there, I feel like there's something just starting to grow there. Yeah, I think with coaching up, they really need to keep what they've uh, done this year as far as players go and, and the foundation they've set. And they're probably only a couple of uh, really good players, polished players away from knocking on the door of the finals. I mean, they were knocking on the door this year. Mm. 
But uh, you know, another couple of wins in light of what's happened this year, they're they're on they're in fourth spot, aren't they? So I think what Goose has done uh, with the league team and the whole club in general, and there's some really really good people over there that uh, they'll build on this foundation. I think they'll be ones to watch uh, come next season. And they made it very clear at the start of the year that they wanted to get numbers around their footy club. Yeah. They weren't so much worried about the results. They just wanted to get numbers there and the results were come. So I reckon they've had a pretty successful year. Yeah, and of course their big highlight, uh, beating Tigers in round 10. That's uh, obviously a big win for them. Speaking of Tigers, just really unlucky to miss out on the finals. I so suppose the back half of the season is where they sort of got let down. Yeah, I think they, they just probably got injuries and... Uh... You know, the early part of the season, they were outstanding. You know, they were one of the top two sides, but it just caught up with them in the end. They lost some really key players, especially uh, like Jethro Namnik. They've got a couple of guys that uh, fly in, fly out. So when they're not there, it's, it's really tough. But uh, their coach is a passionate and enthusiastic man as you'll ever meet. So, uh, you know, he kept them going. They went without a, a shot of getting into the four uh, come the last game of the season, but it wasn't to be. So, look, they got good people there as well. Paul Starkey does a terrific job. Um, with the league team to keep them all together. So uh, they'll be back in roundabout next year. And that's probably, you spoke about they went down to Cogen up. That was probably their downfall. Yeah. The ones they should have won, yep. they didn't. And um, you're right about Spud Starkey. He's a he's an outstanding gentleman. He's one to keep. Uh, and then Southerners obviously missing out by uh, just a kick against Dean Mill on the weekend, uh, missing out on getting through to the preliminary final. But... Uh, again, you know, they missed out on the finals last season. They've had a bit of improvement, and I, I think there's something to build on from there for next season. Oh, for sure, and it's probably, if, you know, I, I work in Pemberton, actually, but uh, I haven't asked any footy players how they feel, but I'd say it's probably one that got away yeah. as far as what happened last week. Cause they recruited really well with guys like Wilkinson and uh, McBean, and uh, there's a couple of others in there, and they've got a really good core of local players that they can build a club around, and, and they won't be too far off next year to Southern's Footy Club. So they rebound pretty strongly, so uh, they'll be round about again next year. And Timmy Lister's done a great job down there, Brilliant hasn't job. he? Yeah, absolutely. So, as you said, they weren't far off the mark. They come from a bit of a way back. Mm. We spoke to him after last year's grand final, yep. and he was on a rebuild, and mm. he's done it pretty well. Absolutely yep. right. Uh, all right, so just recapping this weekend, second semi-final action going on. The Colts at 10 a.m., Imperials versus Tigers. Uh, Tigers reserves at midday, Dean Mill and Bridgetown, and then Bridgetown Imperials all uh, at 2 o'clock. All games in Cogen up this Sunday. It is going to be brilliant, but bring in galoshes because you'll need it. Uh, Nigel Reeve, is always great to chat to you, and we look forward to doing it again next week as we get to the prelim. All right, cheers, boys. Out of Bounds, Triple M.